Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by returning guest, Case Kenny, otherwise known as Dude Bro Guy. He last appeared on the show for for, uh, episode 30 back February 16, 2019. I remember that episode pretty clearly because we recorded on an evening and like right after we finished recording, I had to run off to work at the bar. Um, So in the spirit of recollection, can you recall where you were at in life back in February 2019. Do you remember kind of like what was going on for you or anything that stands out? Oh, man. February 2019. Um, Yeah, I mean, more or less. Yeah. But a lot has changed since then, like a lot over the past like year and a half. Um, But I was in a good place then for sure. I was jamming. I was vibing. (laughs) Well, I like that. And I mean, I I can really reaffirm how much has changed. It's been really cool for me to kind of watch the growth of New Mindset Who Dis. Um, Just because like I have listened to it since the earlier episodes. I remember listening to the show like when nobody that I knew um, like listened to it. And then I started seeing your uh, the cups with the writing take off. I saw like (laughs) the papers all over Chicago. I saw like major uh, uh, influencers. I, I hate that word, but I'll use it. Um, yeah. ripping on your content, like just like stealing it. And I'm like, he made it. People are stealing his stuff. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what was that like to kind of reach that level? Uh, well, first of all, man, I appreciate you being so OG. That's sick. I love that. I, that means a lot. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, nothing's different for sure. Like it's, it's like, it's just, there's just levels. I mean, it's like, once you get to one level, then you're like, Oh, well now I got to get to the next. So like, that's always a thing I struggle with. It was like, first it was like, man, how do I get a hundred thousand people to listen to the podcast every month? Then I did that. Then I was like, well, how, what about half a million? Then I did that. So it was like, it always just keeps getting bigger and bigger, which is probably my own problem that I keep moving the finish line. But I mean, it definitely feels great. Like COVID has been very kind to me in the sense that it just so happened that my type of content was, perfect for what a lot of people have been going through, namely loneliness, namely feeling lost and that and just things like that, or people can pick up mindfulness and feel better about themselves. So like, things have been like very kind to me, it's blown up both like, what I do and what I write and my businesses, but also it's just like given me clarity that, you know, in the past, even in, even in February 2019, I was probably still doubting what I was doing, whether I was doing enough, whether I was doing the right thing, whether this truly was my calling, my purpose, my passion, my, my skill. But now it's like seeing so many people gravitate towards what I do. It's like, it's tough not to, to buy into it and be like, wow, man, maybe I am doing what I'm meant to be doing. And maybe I'm good at it. Who knows? Maybe I am actually good at it. Cause everyone has imposter syndrome and I've always felt that way. Who am I to give life advice? I don't have life figured out. Who am I to give dating advice? I don't have dating figured out. Um, so all those things, it just, it just felt great, man. It's just like, it feels great to find evidence that you're doing 
what's right for you and and you're helping other people like there's no better feeling than that so i feel i feel really good and it's been a really fun journey lately but i mean i've been doing this since 2014 so you take in mind that 2014 to really end of 2019 i was just like throwing things at a wall trying to get it to stick so take that for what it's worth (laughs) yeah well i mean from the outside in a lot of people miss the things that add yeah. up to that final outcome like i mean i uh i recall you running like a newsletter called pursuit or something like that yeah. are you still yeah. putting that out uh not in that form i've moved that email newsletter over to my new mindset who newsletter but like yeah not a lot of people know that but like i learned so much through that process so much taught me everything i know about writing online and writing an email and building an email list and things like that so i mean that what's the adage the adage is like it takes 30 years to become an overnight success or whatever. Um, exactly that. No one sees that. No one see, sees how much of a flop that business model was. Uh, so it's, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy to come out the other side and finally figure it out. But yeah, it takes a long time, a lot of trial and error. Well, I think there's a lot of value in having made those, those like flops, as you say, just like putting the effort in to just try, like, we don't know what's going to happen when we put ourselves out there. Like, I mean, um, the first podcast of anything is not going to be a home run, but you're not going to get to like the 300th unless you do the first sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, I I've done, I've done 315 episodes. I released my 315th episode today and that's alongside of the music I do and all that. And I feel like I'm just getting started, but I mean, yeah, you want proof of dedication to something, do it more than one time, do it more than 10 times, do it 300 times. And, and see how much better you get and, and see kind of what results you can create for yourself. Yeah. I mean, the, the, we, all we hear in the news, we hear about the outliers. We hear about the people who truly are overnight successes because that's newsworthy, but that's, that is not 99% of success or that's not 99% of fulfillment or happiness or whatever metric you want that you're shooting for that. That's just not it. So sometimes our expectations are very skewed for ourselves and uh, that we see uh, people might look at me and be like, oh, Case, Case did it. Why can't I? And I'm like, yeah, you absolutely can do it. But, you know, do it for five years, <laughs> do it for 10 years. You know? Yeah. Another thing that kind of stands out is just like how you do like your your copy with your um, <laughs> just the writing. Like um, I I understand that you have some background in marketing and sales and stuff like it's within your your skill set, is it not? Yeah, I mean, I, I worked at a, a couple of ad agencies in Chicago early in my mid-20s, and then I worked in ad tech for a while. Um, but it wasn't so much like creative, like it was more around like buying TV advertisements for clients and like Facebook ads and things like that. But I learned a lot there, just generally about what it takes to build. But I mean, everything I've learned really has been the past couple of years about if I build something or if I'm passionate about something, how do I get people to care? It's the toughest thing in the world to get people to care. And it's even harder to get people to buy something from you. Like, man, you want to talk about an uphill battle. So you've got to think of, you know, I've just learned so much about like not only creating something that people care about from the beginning, but then putting it into words and experiences and context and circumstances that people resonate towards, not just what I care about, but what they care about. And that's been, you know, just learned a lot I'm saying the, with the quotes. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing quotes on the internet since 2014 but really no one really cared up until this past year when i was like how can i make these more real 
like not only about what the quotes are, but the the context that I present them in. Like, what is a real thing? Oh, coffee. Everyone drinks coffee in the morning. Like, what more of a universal thing that people touch and feel? It's like, all right, maybe I'll write it on coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. Maybe I'll try it. And that that uh, changed things certainly. And now everyone likes to write on coffee cup <laughs> as well. So, uh, yeah, it's trial and error, man. Well, the funny thing was one at one point I was watching in your stories and you actually dug into the cupboard or something and showed all the past coffee cups. And I was like, holy crap, yeah. he's not screwing around like it's a real thing. They're right over there, man. They're yeah. literally right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah. it's just it's it's funny because like sometimes a person may think, oh, it's just a template. You just have to do it once. And then that one success is just going to you're going to ride that. But it's just basically no matter how many times you try, you run the risk of failing kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the coffee cup quotes, for instance, like I, they blew up last year, but then I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And the interest kind of you know, just kind of kind of went down a little bit. But over the past couple of months, I was like, I got to I got to reinvigorate this. I've got to I've got to do it better and different. So I started doing like these little carousel ones where it's like a common theme throughout, but it gets people moving through it and saving and sharing and things like that. So it's even if you find something that works for you, it's not always going to work. And that's so frustrating. It's, it's the worst that, you know, you could strike gold and then it's no longer gold after a while. So, yeah, and people, you know, I'm not one to complain, of course, but people think, oh, content creation is so easy. Like Casey's got it great. He just, he just writes on quotes and makes money and makes a living. If only it was that simple, like nothing is that easy. And anyone, anyone who's built a business or a presence online or has a voice that creates impact or a living for them, they, they, they'll, they know that too. It's like, it's always about doing well and then doing better and evolving. Uh, otherwise, if you just, you know, stick your, your feet in the sand and, and try to kick them up, you're, you know, people don't care anymore. So it, it's always a evolution. It's always a moving forward in some way and finding that way. And that, that again is trial and error. Definitely. Well, I mean, at some point you must come across like writer's block or something. Has that ever come up where you're like, dude, I don't know what I'm going to write today? <laughs> yeah, all the, all the time. But it's not just that. It's the podcast too. 300 episodes on self-development is like, whew, and I don't do guests. It'd be easy to do guests because you could have, it doesn't matter. You can go in there and have a conversation, but I, it's just me. So yeah, all the time. That's why it's kind of exhausting because I'm always looking for inspiration in, in something, always trying to come up with a new idea. Um, always, always. But that, that's that been great because it forces me to think. It forces me to consider my life. Um, it makes me very interested in other people's lives. I get inspired by other people very easily. So yeah, it's definitely a challenge for sure. But uh, it's worth it. And it keeps me, I mean, it keeps me disciplined. Like I haven't missed an episode ever, 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 ever in three years. Never missed an episode. Rarely miss a post, um, things like that. So it keeps me regimented, which I think is good for me. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's it's annoying, but I'm not going to complain about it. Well, I mean, I, I know the feeling. Like for a while in 2020, I decided I was going to do daily episodes. And it was kind of inspired by what you were doing. I was just like, well, I like to talk. I'll just talk every day. <laughs> and so... Yeah. In addition to like the guest episodes, I was trying to do like uh, 10 or 12 minute episodes every single day. And when the pandemic hit, I, I stopped because I was seeing listenership drop. I was realizing I was repeating myself. I was running out of inspiration. Like, I, I had no idea what to talk about. I was losing out on like, because I would draw inspiration from my connections with other people. And when I wasn't connecting as much because of everything going on in the pandemic, then I was like, okay, 
I I'm tapped out. And then I basically scrapped all the episodes. I had probably somewhere in the range of 150 daily episodes. So when you talk oh. about like how you kind of, it's way different than having a guest. I completely understand. And it's yeah. just, uh, it, it tests you, but then it challenges you to kind of work on yourself in the process. Like you can't put stuff on a platform unless you have it figured out for yourself. So with that being said, in this pandemic, what's something that you kind of worked on for yourself? Like what, what's something that uh, improved as a result of uh, pressing forward? Oh man. I mean a lot. I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like I'm so much more centered in what I'm doing and just like confident. And like, it's, it is a little bit annoying to me that it took like success to do that, to prove that to me. Like it took selling, you know, millions of, of dollars worth of my book to prove that I'm a success. And I don't like that. I don't really like that. Cause I don't think that should ever be your metric, but like through that, through just this, you know, growth that I've experienced where people really gravitate towards my words and care about them and they resonate with people. Like it just, it just gave me more confidence where like previously I just, a lot of doubt if I was doing the right thing, was I investing my energy in something that was silly? And like now it's just proven that I'm, I'm not. Um, and it's just, it just feels good. Of course. I think confidence comes from a lot of different sources. I think uh, success is obviously the, the ultimate proof of why you should be confident in yourself. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, over, over COVID, it's just like, I've thrown myself into the art of just everything I do. I mean, I've built, I've written, wrote three books. I built two businesses, doing a lot more music, doing podcasts, doing the writing, like all that. It's just like, I'm just so output driven. And I think the more that you create, the more proof you have, the more uh, are, you know, articles in your portfolio you have to be like, look, I created this and it matters and I matter and like my skills and my words matter. So it's just, I mean, much more confident than I used to be. Um, and sometimes it's annoying cause I'm too much, but, uh, you know, it's been really good. <laughs> well, something that kind of stood out as you're sort of like listing off the things that you've done, um, the the music and mindfulness DJ collaborations, that was something that kind of got my attention because it's like you're reaching out to people with like quite the platform that I can imagine would be intimidating to perhaps uh, start the conversation of can we work together? Like amidst all the people that you worked with, um, who was probably the, the like the most intimidating that you actually did a project with? Uh, well, I have a couple unreleased ones that are big like big 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 like the biggest artists um and i i would say i lost the i'm intimidated by these people and replaced it with i'm frustrated with these people because the bigger they are the, the longer things take and you're working with their management and their labels and it's just it's just the whole workaround um but i mean i love you know dance music and edm and anything electronic so i mean the first ones i did with like griffin and sam felt and some of those guys like cheat codes like those are you know guys um, that I've been listening to forever. So just getting, getting that done and hearing them say my name, it was just like weird, uh, and cool. But, uh, I got over it pretty quick. Cause I mean, I think, you know, doubting that you belong in the room is, is a big mistake. So I just kind of squashed that as quick as I could. I was like, yeah, I belong here. Heck yeah. Let's, let's create some music together. So, um, that's been really cool. I think those guys are great. And, you know, um, you know, I help them. I got a platform, get them a lot of listens and they helped me lend their voice, lend their music. So it's worked out really well, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do more of those and I've got some big names lined up, but those ones take a while. So hopefully I'll have, you know, a bigger name to, 
to mention next time. Definitely. Well, I mean, I, I can completely understand like the, the lag that it takes when you're arranging people. Like when I'm booking guests, some of my guests I booked eight months in advance. Like I was That's like, crazy. I think I'm going to still have a podcast pretty sure in eight months <laughs> from now, but like, yeah. it, it's crazy. Yeah. Like when you're working with assistants and, um, just coordinating and then there's delays and reschedules, but then just, you just flow with it. You just roll with it. And it just, it right. works out because of that, uh, that confidence. Um, something else that I noticed like with your blog, cause I want to, or not the blog, the, uh, the journals, the mindset journals, that's something I kind of wanted to highlight because I can imagine that's a way that uh, you receive a lot of your revenue, your support kind of thing. Um, and just kind of looking through just like the, the testimonials, it was cool to see how valuable it is for people to just reflect daily and just to answer the questions. But before we dive into that, um, your journals, was that like self-funded? Was that something that you kind of fronted the funding for yourself or did you get a publishing company? Yeah, I did it all myself. I mean, that's the biggest challenge. Um, you know, it's like it like the way I went about it is like these aren't like they're not published by a publishing house. I went directly to a manufacturer. I was like, here's what I want to build. Let's do it. They're like, yeah, cool. Give us a hundred grand. Uh, so yeah, self-funded, um, but like very untraditional because it's a book, it's a journal, it's interactive. Um, so yeah, I mean, I launched it. On, I launched it on Indiegogo in january 2020 and it didn't do very well to be honest it, it um it sold like 40 grand um which is good but uh that was just about how much money i had put into it at that time um didn't do that great and then um came time you know indiegogo you get the money and then you use the money to fulfill and then you know two months later you're sending out the product to people who backed you on indiegogo sent that all out i was like all right well i guess it didn't do that well it was, it was good fun at least i didn't lose money but then i ended up having like two thousand extra copies from that run i was like well i guess i guess i'll try to sell these so i started started posting on um my social media on instagram and they just started selling naturally like 20 30 a day i was like well geez that's crazy um I mean, they're 50 bucks a piece. And then from there, I was like, well, maybe I could turn a business into this. Like, and I started like running some ads, doing some promotional type things. They just started flying uh, to like, I remember my first month I sold, uh, I sold $26,000 worth. And then the second month I sold like 75,000. And then from there, I was like a hundred. Then it was like, we went way up and uh, it got, it got pretty crazy and learned a lot about e-commerce and entrepreneurship and it's been tough because you know in the beginning it was like well how do i fund this you know in order to fund future orders you got to be placing your order you know usually at least two months in advance so you know i've got to front money for large bulk orders of these things and i've got to get a company to ship them and, and all these things so i learned a lot over the past year but then it, it kind of it kind of blew up and um, you know, a lot of people know me for the journals, of course, and I'm working on a second project that I'm launching very soon. That's not journals, but equally as cool. And I don't know, just, it's just cool. It's just cool to, to, to be like, I can take what's in my mind and put it in a physical product and people all over the world will buy it from me. And I don't need a middleman, like a publisher to take 20% from me. Uh, it's cool. It's liberating. It just goes to show what you can do. Start with a small amount of money and then just gradually increase and increase and increase. So it's been it's been really fun. Well, I think it's night and day the difference between going about it that way versus going about it the publisher way. Just I, I have so many oh, yeah. good friends that have had their books published or 
Um, some have still also self-published, but it, it's an uphill battle. It's a lot of risk and it's a lot of, it requires even maybe more self-belief than a podcast because you don't get that instant validation. Um, yeah. But it's just cool to see how it's paid off. But then let's say someone's never heard of these journals before. Like how, how would you pitch a listener on it? Like what, what are people going to get away from, from going and buying one of these? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is like I I've always wanted to be a journaler. Like, so what a great aspiration. But I never found a journal that worked for me. I bought every single one I could find. And they either fell into one of two buckets. They were either too prompted. It was like, do this in the morning, then do this at night and fill this in and fill that in. Productivity this, productivity like in your face, just too much. Or it was like, How are you feeling? Write down your thoughts for the day. In my mind, too little. So I was like, I'm a pretty regular guy. I want to be more mindful. I think journaling has the power to really take what's in your head and make it real. I wonder if I took the boat, the best of both worlds and created something in a cool, cheeky, visually appealing way, if people would buy it. So that was all it was. And the feedback always has been that it's simple. It only takes 10 minutes. Um, it's a good mix of prompted and unprompted. And I think the biggest thing is like, I think a lot of people assume that or not even assume they probably have proof in their life that journaling is this like kind of sad experience. You sit down when you're kind of sad and you journal. It's sad. like you get your thoughts out. And of course, that's a, you know, journaling is meant to be cathartic. It's great for those scenarios as well. But equally so, it's a celebration of awareness, it's a celebration of how you feel. It's a celebration of your goals or whatever is a priority in your mind. And that's why I want to make journaling a fun, cool experience. It doesn't always have to be this heavy, burdensome kind of ugh, kind of thing. It could be both, um, but it could be both. And I think just like the repositioning there and, you know, I've kind of marketed it in a cheeky way. I always say it's, you know, catch feelings for yourself and um, new mindset, who dis and just words like that have just in my mind made it cool or at least maybe a little bit. So yeah. And people enjoy it just because it only takes 10 minutes. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of times that there's too many instructions that come with the journal um, it's a little too overwhelming sometimes or too cheesy. Like I spent a lot of time working on the, the right questions, but otherwise it's not terribly, I didn't reinvent the wheel by any means, but I, I feel like a lot of times you don't need to, you just create something that's better and repositioned and, uh, people get a lot of value out of it. I completely agree. I mean, like people don't need to overthink their ideas that they're putting out into the space or the content that they're creating. And I think it's cool that you kind of went out and just like, went for it just you you realized that there was a missing gap in like the journal space that would connect you with journaling and you put it in there and just hoped for the best that other people would kind of feel the same yeah you know I, i'm thinking back i remember the exact moment where i had the idea for it because prior i was like journal ah the world doesn't need another journal. Like how many millions of journals are there? How many millions of guided journals, thousands, whatever, how many, whatever, hundreds of guided journals are there? There's so many, who am I to create this? No one's going to care. Um, and I remember, and it's such a silly, you know, reason for me to do something. I had a call with a guy who runs a very large company and he was like, so what's your plan? Like, what are you doing? What's up? Like, well, like, what's your plan? Like, you're, you're, you're big in the mindfulness space. Like, what are you going to create a journal or something? He's like, I think that would make a lot of sense for you. And I was like, nah, man, that's silly. And I remember um, going back to my apartment later that night. And I was like, I was like, maybe that isn't silly. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy how sometimes 
you know, you need just a little bit of validation from someone else or just like the inkling of confidence from someone else to get out of your head and be like, maybe I've overthought this massively. Um, and I was like, screw it. Why not? And then the rest is history, I suppose. Well, I think overthinking is a very common characteristic of a lot of people that probably gravitate to both of our accounts. Like based on the fact that I know so many people that have been liking your posts lately, I feel like, um, there's just common themes and people are overthinking themselves to the point where they're not doing things that are in their best interests. And I was going back through old episodes. I taught, saw a title that stood out and it was main character energy. And I think that's, yeah. that's a great thing for a person to embrace. So like what, what is the definition between behind main character energy for you? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a term that's been thrown around a lot. And I saw it the other day and I was like, well, what is, what would I think about that? I like to do that a lot. That's a, to our point. It's like, I get inspired by what already exists. And then I'll be like, well, what if I had to define it for myself? So I'll like, I did a whole episode on that. I've done posts. It's like, for me, it's, it's just like, it's being very type A about your life, like in control of your life. It's always like, you know, you want to create an analogy. It's like you are the author of your story. You're writing your story, which means you get to write in other people in your story if you so if you so see fit. Um, but it's like the the big takeaway for me has always been: it's like, are you in control of your story, writing your story, or are you the type of person who just hopes that someone else who's writing their own story likes you enough to include you in theirs? And like that's the difference between being active and passive. Type A and the opposite of type a and so it's always been it's like i main character energy is you know is the equivalent of not caring about what other people think and dressing how you want and saying what you want and all that but ultimately it's like having the confidence that your story matters that what you're doing matters and that when it comes to other people in your life whether it's romantic or friends that you have the confidence to say here's my story I want to find someone else who's writing their story and we're going to run our stories together versus, Oh, I hope that person likes me enough to include me in their life. Oh, I hope I'm worthy to like, you know, be in this person's life in some way. It's just a positioning thing. It's just a confidence that, you know, what you're doing and particularly within the context of dating, like a lot of times we lose, we lose sight of our story because we feel like we're falling behind or we're lonely and we're like, well, screw my story. That person likes me. So I'll join theirs. No problem. I'm good to go. I'll throw all my aspirations out the window. I don't need, I don't care about me anymore. That person likes me. This is amazing. And we forget about the fact that you literally get to decide what you do with your life. You get to decide who you date. You get to decide everything about your life. So um, just a little nuance there. It's just about your willingness to forego what you're what you're doing or not, depending on kind of your your how main character you are. Um, so that's all it's been. And people obviously gravitate towards that idea. Well, I think it's important. It, it's people can kind of get caught up in all of that and just thinking that they will wait for somebody else to kind of line up the the opportunity. But really, like who wakes up in the morning and is like, who? what am I going to line up for this other person kind of thing? Like, what opportunity yeah. am I going to afford for this complete stranger? Um, and so it's just another thing that I was thinking about as I was prepping was in, it was either in your blog or one of your past episodes, the phrase of you get to decide if your life sucks. And that I felt seen. Hmm. I was like, yeah, like if I don't do the tiny little things each day that are going to compound to something bigger, um, I will have made a conscious decision that I don't want what, what I set out as my goal kind of thing. Like yeah. if, 
like I'm sure you set out a lot of goals. Um, I'm not sure how you structure them. In fact, I'll even just segue and ask, like, as someone with a bit of a business mind, like, how do you do the framework for your goals? Like, you're running businesses, so you must have, like, quarters and all these different things. Like, how, how do you set that out? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have goals. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I've got a notebook that sits right over there that I wrote down, like, my goals for the year. But I'm, I, I really gravitate away from being too stringent about it like i to be honest i don't remember exactly what the goals i set for this year are all i know is that they're big and they're shocking and they're scary i took what i did last year and i was like what would happen if i 10x this why not it's in the realm of possibility i could do it um i don't remember exactly what the numbers are um because sometimes we get so focused on that and in business that's not always a good thing because you can get blinded by certain metrics that really like you go after them and you start to really affect your bottom line um but for me, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's honestly it's like a shock and awe type thing. Like I like to really shock myself with with the goals, like um, and the things I've set for myself. And um, I never used to be that good about that in the past, if I'm if I'm honest. Because uh, to my point, I don't think I was particularly aligned with what I was doing exactly. Um, but I mean, ultimately, you know, my goal is to just be fulfilled and happy, and that's something that you can't really measure. You know, the goals I wrote down. Um, they're probably, uh, you know, they're, I want to have this many followers, this amount in revenue ranking podcast. Um, I think I wrote some like healthy diet ones and, um, uh, workouts and, and things like that, like uh, frequency of workouts and otherwise, but like, otherwise, I mean, it's just, a, it's a general vibe for me. You know, I just want to be proud of myself. That's always the the biggest goal I have. And, if I don't hit those goals, that doesn't mean I won't be proud of myself. But if I put in the work in an attempt to hit the goals, then I will be proud of myself. And I'm very in tune with, you know, what I'm doing. And to my point, discipline and, you know, just putting in work and every single day, even when I don't want to, I think that's the biggest one. Like this past year, it was like, my goal is if I don't, if I don't feel like doing something, if I'm sitting on a couch, I'm like, I'm tired, I don't want to work out. So I'm like, I don't have the energy to do a podcast today. That in that instant means I have to do it. I absolutely have to do it. If, if there's something in me saying, I don't want to, I don't feel like it. That means I have to do it. So I've really leaned into that. And, um, I get like competitive with myself. It's like, I hear that little voice. That's like, you don't need to do that. I'm like, Oh yeah, watch this. Like, like you gotta be competitive with something in life. And, uh, at my age, it's not sports anymore. Cause I'll hurt myself immediately. So it's, it's more with myself and like that little voice that's like, ah, dude, take the day off, whatever. Don't do a pod. It's okay. So, um, like my goals are like really oriented towards that sense of competitiveness with myself. Well, I think that's important because uh, like if, if the ship sinks, if there's a hole in the ship, like what good is the ship? Like it's not going to go on any voyages kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think about how you, you didn't have too much of a focus on like specific analytical goals, but you did highlight how like your routine was important. And there was like certain things to your day that were important. Like the things that, uh, well, I've just been recently listening to Atomic Habits. I forgot the author. I mentioned it in my last podcast episode and kind of got called out for not remembering the author, but it was just that the book or audiobook stood out to me and really got me thinking about how the little things that I do make such a big difference. And so rather than like looking at a spreadsheet and like matching up the numbers and trying to meet like financial goals, what if I just 
met with the atomic habits these like little micro habits that i do like whether it be the water i drink or the way i make my coffee or um the amount of times i go to the gym each week um with that being said what's your daily things that would be essentially your atomic habits yeah uh it's uh, james clear by the way i literally just read it um i don't know why i didn't read it until recently great book um i mean for one i i've I work out six days a week and I haven't not done that since the start of COVID. So that's been a good habit for me. You know, it's, it's little silly things. It's, it's breakfast, always eat breakfast. Um, but I mean, from there it's, you know, it's a lot of business. Like I've been doing a lot of business stuff lately, like always keeping myself accountable, not getting sloppy, not getting too comfortable, um, with what I'm doing. Um, always having a project in the works that I'm working towards, I think has always been important for me. Like this business I'm about to launch, I started in November of last year. Um, always having that thing to work towards. So I'm not complacent. Um, always like making my bed, always cleaning the apartment every night, doing dishes, things like that, like have been big mentally, just something I could always be, be proud of myself. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, like I, I, you know, I'm privileged to have a lifestyle, I suppose, where I'm pretty free to kind of do do things variably as opposed to like going into an office and, and doing something over and over again. So um, I think that's a great gift Like I could wake up and be like, I want to write this today um, and then I'll do it. I mean, I spent a lot of time walking around the streets of Chicago taking <laughs> quote pics, which is just crazy. I'm a grown man doing this, but um, I always do it. I mean, that's a habit too. Content creation is a habit. I've never missed a post to my my point earlier so yeah a variety of a variety of things every single day well i mean that that kind of highlights a lot of stuff but the first thing that i thought about was um with these non-traditional jobs like me being a personal trainer doing a lot of online work creating content you being like an author someone who works with like music and journals and all these things in the online space do you ever go to like a family gathering or something and have like an uncle or aunt or grandma or parent or whatever be like what is it that you really do or like when are you going to get a real job have you ever had that conversation oh all, all the time i mean older generations just don't get it they don't get it at all um and that's okay like i i've, I've given up on trying to explain it um and even like some of my friends don't get it like some people who don't understand the internet don't get it they're like oh that's, that's cool case you post quotes on the internet it's cool man good for you but it's a big business it's a big business like so some people just don't get it some people aren't trained to get it either way i hold you know no no nothing against them um but uh yeah i mean it's always it's always been weird because I mean, my, my my mom was a lawyer, my brother was a doc is a doctor, so I mean, very traditional backgrounds, and and I am what exactly? I'm not gonna say influencer because I don't like that word, so I would say writer, and everyone's like, oh, writer. Well, man, that's that's the that's a painful craft, my friend. Um, so I just leave it at that a lot of the times. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I mean, writer is pretty safe. There's been writers for centuries. There's yeah. people can go to a store and hold a book and be like, okay, this is the kind of stuff that he does. So that that helps. Right. That makes a big difference. Um, you recently had, or maybe not so recently, but a meeting at like Spotify or something. Like, well, what's it like to get to that level, like where you're having those discussions? Not to say that you're walking away with a deal, but that you're talking to those people, kind of thing. It's great. It's very, very kind. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a, a bunch of 
opportunities with Spotify last year. And ultimately I, I didn't accept their offer because it wasn't right for me. But um, like I said, man, it, it's, it's very validating. I like, I wish it wasn't so much. Like I wish it didn't give me more confidence. I wish I had that confidence to begin with, but I'm human and everyone's human. Like to get those offers, opportunities, outreaches, it feels really good. It feels good to be at the somewhat top of your, your craft um, I mean, it just, it just proves that anyone can do it. Like I have no training in this whatsoever. Like every, that's always the question I get. Oh, okay. So like, what's your educational background? What are you a psychologist or something? I'm like, no, absolutely not. So to see like big commercial success around something that is just driven by passion, it's always cool. Um, I wish it made sense, uh, economically, like with some of the offers I've had, but um, you know, any, like I have, I get hit up all the time by every podcast network or agent or representative who they're like, Oh, you're, you know, you're awesome. You know, they, they just want to get in early to capitalize on you at a later point. So, you know, it's just not my vibe, but it feels great. Of course. I like, I I'll take every conversation with someone who potentially has some way of furthering my career. Like I always, like I always say, I want to be the big, biggest podcaster in the world. Like that's my goal. Sure. Um, and it's not easy to do that by any means. It requires a lot of luck. Let's yeah. be real. There's yeah. a lot of luck, uh, probably more than any other area of, of influencing, uh, podcasting. It's the worst. It's so hard to grow. Like you need luck. You need, it just need all these things. So, uh, I'm not, I'm never opposed to having conversations like that with whether it's Spotify or someone else. Well, the reason that I brought it up is the fact that like some people, that's their end goal. Like that is their, that's their holy grail. Like not me personally, but because I have so many conversations with, with podcast hosts, they're like, Oh, you get to Spotify. You made it. Like they're like Joe Rogan, he got bought by Spotify or whatever. And it's like, that's, that's the stuff right there. And what I really admire is the fact that you can see a bigger picture. You can kind of see beyond it. And from my point of view, like we talked about before, like I've seen, like I've been around since like the the earlier episodes of New Mindset Who Dis, so I can actually say that I've seen the growth. And then to be able to like speak to the power of like believing in yourself to a degree where you know your worth, that's pretty badass. Like how how do you um, translate to that to other people? Like obviously there's a lot of doubtful people that kind of gravitate towards your show for the most awesomest of reasons. But like, what is it about your essence that you use to bring that energy onto other people? If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me has always been that like, I think everyone has the ability to create something in their life. Like I'm not saying everyone needs to be an entrepreneur or even an artist or musician or anything like that. But I think everyone has some inherent creativity in them where they can take something from zero to at least one, if not 10, if not a hundred. And then like, I, I find that to be so powerful. Like I think everyone, I, I find that, you know, you could find a lot of confidence in something like that and a lot of energy in something like that. Not, I'm not saying business building. It could be anything, anything you're passionate about. If you love dogs, if you love fitness, if you like whatever, like we have the ability to create for ourselves rather than just borrowing from other people. And I, and I think that's fine. Like any, like I never, I never hate on people who are like, I just want to be normal. I'm just a regular guy. I like fantasy football and golf and whatever. Like, I still think you could be incredibly creative and impactful and find energy through that outlet. Um, I just, you know, 
I feel like a lot of times we just kick the can down the road as far as like the ability to create something in our lives. Um, so like for me, that's that, like the, the ability to go from zero to something with something you build in your apartment, just the thought, like that's incredibly inspiring to me. And I feel like a lot of people are inspired by that as well. And I feel like a lot of people relate to me because like I get, a, I get some hate from some of like my advisors and mentors for refusing to call myself an expert or a guru. Whereas anytime I do TV or interview, they always call me that. And I did, that's just not my vibe. Like I always, I'm very adamant about just being a regular guy. And I feel like people are inspired by that to a certain extent. And, um, I, cause it, you know, it inspires you to look inward. Like if I'm a regular guy and you're a regular guy and you're listening, then there's really no difference between us. It just comes down to output and output is driven by creativity and everyone is creative in some way. So, um, yeah, I, I really try to do that. And, you know, I think the, the other biggest thing is like, we assume a lot of things in life. We assume what is true and what is possible based on what we see and what we read. I think it's great to be inspired by other people. It's great to read a list of what you want in a romantic partner, what you deserve in a romantic partner, what's a red flag, what's a metric of success, but you really don't know anything until you prove it for yourself. So I'm real big on this idea of trying and proving to myself what is possible and what is right for me. Because everyone is unique and nothing is universally true. And there's truly no right way to do anything in life. And I think if we can just knock down that wall of assumption where it's like, you know, this is what's possible because I do this. Um, I, I feel like people will really realize what I have, that we, we really do have the opportunity to create whatever we want to an extent in our lives. But it, it starts with knocking down any assumptions we've, we've previously held. Well, I think it's important that you talked about how you're just a guy and it's not even to like downplay what it is that you do, but it's that has stood out to me as someone who like using that uh, influencer word that we both hate. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of influencers out there that uh, speak of themselves as being something much bigger than what they are. They get out of scope, they get out of line. But when I look at your content, um, you're literally literally just a dude bro guy talking <laughs> to the microphone like yeah and speaking from your experiences or um transposing things that you maybe read that week and i think that's admirable like that's a big reason why i've continued to follow because it's just like if we don't have our integrity like what do we have it doesn't matter what the internet says about how popular we are it doesn't matter how successful we are we still have to have our integrity and that's kind of something that i've seen even throughout the the crazy turbulent times of june 2020 like you you stood strong in in your values and i thought that was awesome because you're gaining momentum and you're you're sticking to your guns and so like if anybody had any doubt about following you hopefully this kind of reaffirms it just because it's like those qualities are rare. Like it's hard to find that in people. Like most often we just sell out fast, but you have kind of stuck to your, your core values essentially. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm very stubborn, like very, very stubborn. Um, and I think the past year has given me opportunity to double down on those things and also realize that, you know, you are what you do, not just what you say you'll do. And you know, I always like, I'm in the self-development space. It's very preachy sometimes. And like, I really genuinely don't want to be a hypocrite. Like the things I talk about in the podcast, I want to live and I want to be that man myself, not a phony, not someone who just says something and does another very adamant about that because it doesn't feel good. It does not feel good. 
um, and it feels disingenuous. And like, I'm, I've never been good at lying. I have a horrible poker face, so it just wouldn't work for me. Like it legit wouldn't like you, you would be able to hear it and see it if I was doing one thing in my life, but then hopping on the podcast and saying the direct opposite. So that's a big motivation of mine to the, be the person that I present myself to be on the podcast. And I think this past year has given me the freedom to, to truly do that in my personal life, dating life, everything. So, uh, and you compound that with just being stubborn. Um, I think it's given me like the fuel to <laughs> consistently do it. So the last few questions that I have for you as we wrap this up, um, I'll give you three questions. And the first one is when you're setting a first impression with someone that you're meeting out uh, at a club or at a business meeting or something, what are the things that you do to like that you consciously do that you know that you're doing to set a good first impression? Yeah, well, I'd say two things immediately come to mind. I think the first one is making them feel comfortable. It could be a body language, a positioning, a sitting, whatever it may be. I think that's super important. Most people are really, you know, closed up at the club, at whatever. It's like people are standoffish. And then, I mean, the other one is classic, of course, is asking questions. I mean, you want to you wanna listen, um, you know, you want to listen more than you talk. And I try to do that, even despite I, I love talking, certainly. But I think it's just an enthusiasm. I mean, people love to talk. And if you show genuine interest in someone, like it's just an immediate, immediate bond. Um, so yeah, I'd say that. And you're always trying to relate to someone is the, the best way. And then uh, just going from there. Awesome. Awesome. And then the next question is, let's say someone that's listening to this episode uh, recently got their heart broken or they got ghosted just because I know that that's going to be something on people's minds when they come to this episode. So I kind of want to give them something to work with. Like what, what words of encouragement or, uh, dude, bro guy advice would you have for them if you're going to try and like lift them up again? Oh man. So many things. I mean, <laughs> I, okay. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing for me is like any, out of any breakup, like the, the a very realistic, pragmatic view of life is let's, it is, it is the, the relationship ended it sucks. Um, but right now in the moment, wouldn't you be, wouldn't you rather have the relationship end today than knowing it's going to end six months from now. That's six months that you're investing in something that is going to fail. Wouldn't you rather that? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's, we're on the same page. A little bit, a little bit of optimism there. And then from there, it's like, I think about any, any instance in life where a breakup has happened in my life or someone else's life in my, in my experience. And I'm sure there's some exceptions, someone in that someone in that relationship is is guaranteed to level up as a result like i've never seen a relationship where you ends and both people just their lives just end it's like someone always levels up in some way either through learning what you want through raising your standards through loving yourself more through any 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 anything you could possibly think of and that starts the day that that breakup ends so i would much rather day one of healing begin today than six months from now so, I mean, it's a small little thing. I mean, it's basically gratitude that the relationship ended today um, versus six months around. So I always start with that. That's just gratitude. And gratitude is a powerful foundation for, for growth, of course. And then, of course, I mean, I, I talk about dating all the time. There's so many different ways to look at that. I mean, number one, of course, is, you know, anyone who someone who ghosts you, for instance, like now you know everything there is to possibly know about their character. Aren't you glad you know that? versus them to hide that and do it later. Yeah. Like, 
So you can go down that road. You could talk about any, any, <laughs> any which way in life. It's like, I think the, the, the thing we're all looking for in our dating lives is proof that what we're doing is right. That's the biggest thing. Is this person right for me? Is this the right relationship for me? Am I chasing whatever it may be? When you get ghosted, you have all the proof you need. It becomes extremely binary. It's like, yeah, obviously that was wrong. So I think there's a little bit of comfort to be found there. Um, but then from there, I think you got to fill in the blanks for yourself as far as optimism, especially because like people get ghosted and then ghosted again and ghosted again. So I think, I think it comes down to the expectations you have for yourself, but I've never seen, and I've never experienced in my life, a relationship that ended where I didn't experience growth, where I didn't experience higher standards, where I didn't experience something that was redeeming in my life. Uh, and I've yet to prove otherwise. And I think everyone I talk to, even though it's painful in the moment, can say the same. And there's nothing wrong with being single. So once you get past the pain phase, and you move into the gratitude phase, and you move into the healing phase, the worst thing you could do for yourself is feel bad that you're single. And obviously, single is something I talk a lot about. And the, the, the headline I always say there is that of all the things you're going to regret in life, being single is not one of them. You're not going to be 60 and look back and be like, man, I, I regret being single. That's literally not it. The things you're going to regret are staying in a relationship for too long, staying in a relationship you know is beneath you, chasing someone who you know didn't care about you, all those different things. But you're never going to regret being single. So if you happen to end up being single, whether you wanted to or not, it's not a state that you should bemoan yourself for. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing to fix about you. And particularly, you could prove that to yourself if you put yourself in your shoes 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and do a little bit of a look back, I think you'll you'll prove that to yourself. So I, I could spend hours on that, but I'd say like grounding yourself in the gratitude, position yourself forward to look back, I think you're going to prove a lot of that to yourself quickly. Definitely. And I mean, I can totally speak to the power of like that level up that you talked about. Like this this podcast, my uh, fitness career wouldn't be here if not for a breakup. So that that's the level up right there just from, from my experience. The third question that I have for you is essentially you're going to give my audience a challenge for the day. And so I'm kind of putting you on the spot. You're just going to be like your challenge for the day is, and it's just something that you unique to you don't overthink it, but something that you think that if they did it, it would kind of enrich their life, make, make life good. Huh? Um, well, a challenge. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm big on like challenges where it's like, you know, you want to do it, but you're nervous to do it. And then you give yourself time to talk yourself out of it. So, I mean, like, I would say like, I don't know, anyone that you look up to, anyone that you are impressed by, like find a way to reach out to them and strike up a conversation with them. I found that to be really powerful because like whether it's someone on Instagram that you really like, DM them or a CEO, email them. I just find that when we find proof that there really isn't a wall between that type of person and you, you're like, oh, wow. Well, this is a regular person. So like find a way to get in touch with one of those people, even if it's just to be like, hey, I really wanted to say I love your stuff or I really respect you, whatever. Email, text, DM, whatever. Like that's a really easy challenge to do. Do it enough times until you win and, and you do it. I think it'll it'll prove to you that there really aren't like two different kinds of people. There's not you and then successful people, you and beautiful people, you and funny people, whatever. Like everyone's just a variety of flavor of themselves. And I think doing a little bit of outreach, doing something that uh, makes you nervous or you feel, oh, they'll never get back to me. Just do it. Just prove, prove otherwise. I think it'll just be a cool experience nonetheless. 
Absolutely. I mean, that's something that I've benefited from just with being a podcast host, reaching out to people, continually having conversations. So I hope that uh, people do that. But with that being said, thanks for so much for coming back on the show and for, for joining me for a good conversation. Yeah, of course, man. I appreciate you having me back. I didn't realize our first chat was in 2019. So that's, that's wild. So